0: For those of you who have traveled to third world countries and especially Central or South America, you may be able to envision what I'm about to have us think about. And even if you haven't, you've probably seen documentaries of life in third world countries. So what I want to do is ask for your help in going through a portal with me to envision a woman in a village, a small village, in the highlands of, let's say, Guatemala. We're going to walk through this portal and be with this woman for just a moment, who each morning rises early and trapes up the steep mountainside, gathering and scavenging for firewood. To take back to the home and prepare a small fire for cooking. And then she goes back up the mountain to a well and draws water for cooking and brings it back to their small little hut. The fire is set. She takes corn that her husband has harvested from the hillside, hoping that they have enough to last through the dry season, and she takes that corn and she she mashes it into meal, and then adds a little water and begins to make tortillas in the palms of her hands. And she puts them over the fire in a little skillet, cooks them one by one, and then offers them to her hungry children, knowing that this will be the most sustenance that they have for the day. And you know, as we come out of that portal... And back into our reality here in the 21st century and a first world country. One has to wonder if she doesn't pray the prayer we pray each week a little bit differently as a Christian woman in Guatemala. Give us this day our daily bread. In a culture of overconsumption, we need to pray, God, please give us what we need this day, not what we want. Give us what you know we need, and that's all we ask. Give us physically what is needed to nourish our bodies, and not a whole bunch more. Help us to know when enough is enough, and give us what we need to take in to be nourished by your spirit. Praying in this way does not mean we have to be ascetics and give everything up. Jesus wasn't. He ate and he went to parties, but he would never have overindulged in the stuff of this world. The Lord's Prayer and praying for daily bread is a reminder to get back to basics. It teaches us to desire what we need rather than that which we desire. Can we say what Paul said in Philippians 4, verses 11 through 13? For I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry. Of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me and yet why is it when we have more than most of God's children we are often led to believe we don't have enough listen to novelist John Updike in his book The Witches of Eastwick America teaches its children that every passion can be transmuted into an occasion to buy Of the seven petitions in the Lord's Prayer, Give us this day our daily bread is the most materialistic. We are fleshly human creatures who do have needs. For our bodies receive their fuel from food, and life without fuel is diminishment and death, and so the prayer seeks daily provision. And just as bread has different ingredients, so this sermon has different ingredients as well. Multiple meanings for such a simple request. You see, in addition to food, we need other kinds of fuel as well. We have hungerings beyond our physical hunger. In fact, when Jesus was tempted out in the desert to turn stones into bread, do you remember what he said? He said, we do not live. By bread alone. But by every word. Which comes forth. From the mouth of God. Or as an old African saying. Puts it. The continually stuffed body. Cannot see. Secret things. The continually stuffed body. Cannot see. Secret things. Well in communion, we know that this table, this bread, which we will lift up and break in just a little while, that this bread is about secret things. Jesus was crucified and Raised on Easter, and we've celebrated that recently. And that afternoon, there were two unnamed disciples. One could be you, and one could be me. They were walking on the road to Redondo Beach, just outside Jerusalem. And a stranger came up alongside and began to walk with them. And they talked about how discouraged and depressed they were. Their heads were hanging low. And this stranger began to interpret the Scriptures to them. And as they were walking, they realized that their hearts began to to burn within them. And then as evening was coming, they invited this guest to come to the Redondo Best Western, come in. We'll get something to eat. You remember how the King James Version puts it? Abide with us, fast falls the eventide. And he went in. He went in with them. And he, he took the bread. And he blessed it, giving thanks, and broke it. Do you know what happened? Their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And then he vanished from their midst. You see, Jesus wants us to see secret things. Give us this day our daily bread. Feeding is a communal event. Jesus shared the Last Supper with his disciples. You know, we don't sit down alone and take out a little piece of bread and some juice and have the Lord's Supper all by ourselves. No, we always do it in community. For we are not nourished in isolation. We are, when we are in isolation, something in us dies. Jesus said, wherever two or three or more are gathered, there am I in their midst. As often as you eat this bread, he said, remember me, bring me back, put me back together in your presence. Friends, we we need the church and we need each other. For it is here in the church that we are fed both in and through community. And that's why psychiatrist Carl Jung could insist without the conscious acknowledgement and acceptance of our kinship with those around us. There can be no synthesis of personality, no nourishment, no self-integration apart from community. We need each other to help us know who we really are. Jesus took the bread, broke it, and blessed it. You know, when we're at table breaking bread with family or friends or whomever, We often have a table grace, right? And then we we eat for nourishment. And this bread looks strangely similar to the bread we have on our tables at home. That's the point. We are reminded that our daily bread, wherever we eat it, is holy. Holy sacred provided by God's goodness and creation and if we pay attention to all that perhaps we might just eat a little differently we thank God for the gift of nourishment for it is only by God's grace filled energy that we live some people do this and know it and some don't it all has to do with seeing In that encounter on the road to Emmaus, Luke tells us that their eyes were opened and they saw. They recognized him. And haven't you had an experience where in the midst of it you wondered what was going on and and what the darn experience might mean? And it was only later that day or maybe the next day that you see it and you say, Oh, that's what was happening. That's what was going on. The 18th century venerable Buddhist sage Huing Neng observed the meaning of life is to see. The meaning of life is to see. He was talking about seeing with the inner eye. Give us this day our daily bread. In our Exodus text. We caught the beginning phase of Israel's 40 years in the wilderness. God would provide for them with daily manna, bread from heaven. Knowing daily dependence on God physically and spiritually is a huge part of the lesson in the story of our ancestors who were set free from slavery for greater faithfulness in their relationship with God. But it took a long time for them to get it. The daily dependence. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily grace. Not only nourishment for our bodies, but also for our souls as well. You see, there are hungers in me and there are hungers in you that the stuff of this world cannot take care of. But oh, how we try to stuff our schedules, ourselves, and we acquire all kinds of stuff. But there's something more if we're open. The same spirit that was at work in Christ is at work in us as well. And it's the spirit of Christ itself. As I said earlier, this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, is, is like this sermon. It's multi-grained. It's full of other Possible ingredients, and it ties to one of Jesus' resurrection appearances: the story from John, where he was on the beach after breakfast, and he was he was talking to Peter and he asked Peter a question he might ask each of us he said. Do you love me? And I wonder if he said that to me, how I would respond. David, do you love me? Well, Lord, I've been preaching for over 30 years. And I work hard at that. And people even go online to listen to some of those sermons. Crazy people that they are. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. A second time, he says, David, do you love me? I said, Lord, look, I went to seminary for three years. Then I worked on a doctorate for four years. I study. I've memorized scripture. And he says, feed My sheep. And a third time he says, David, do you love me? And I said, Lord, look, I've been hurt. I've had some hardships in my life. Some things to struggle through. Plus, I I teach Bible study and go to all kinds of meetings. You ought to know I love you. David. Feed my sheep. There's a connection between love, feeding, and daily provision. Are we hearing what Jesus said, really? He wanted to make sure that Peter, just like all of us, would take care of and feed his sheep. He asked him to give them something to eat. And in our Matthew passage, we find the disciples hungry. And so they go out on the Sabbath to get something to eat. And, of course, they were confronted with breaking the law. And Jesus reminded them of what David did when he was hungry. He went into the Holy of Holies to get the bread of presence to find nourishment. They were caught up in laws and regulations. But when people are hungry and they need to eat, it's not always about doing things right. It's about doing the right thing. Earlier in the sermon series, I mentioned that the Lord's Prayer is a communal prayer. It's intentionally about our and us, not me and mine. Give us, give us this day our daily bread. It's about our bread, which is always communal And it ties to the previous phrase, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For not only is bread communal, it is also part of our corporate responsibility. St. Basil the Great, way back in the fourth century, made it clear in a sermon that nothing really belongs to us, particularly that which we have in excess of our daily bread, our daily needs. Here's what he wrote. The bread that is spoiling in your house belongs to the hungry. The shoes that are mildewing under your bed belong to those who have none. The clothes stored away in your trunk belong to those who are naked. The money that depreciates in your treasury belongs to the poor. Our bread is not ours to hoard. It belongs to our brothers and sisters because we belong to our brothers and sisters. Feed my sheep. Bread is God's gift, and like so many other gifts from God, we pervert them by our selfishness. To pray, give us this day our daily bread, causes us to reexamine ourselves and realize the responsibility we have for our neighbor's need. As we learn to live the Lord's Prayer more and more, we are driven to offer our lives to others more more and more. Our faith is about all the gifts entrusted to us, and gifts are for sharing, not hoarding. The Christian faith is not about privacy, hoarding, or selfishness. If that were the case, the Bible wouldn't tell us about what to do with our bread and with another kind of bread, our money. The Bible is constantly reframing how we are to live our lives. And this prayer, of all prayers, teaches us to let go of me and mine and embrace our connection to God and one another, all one another's, of substance and sign. Give us this day our daily bread, not merely for our bodies but for our souls For there are two kinds of bread, the substance we see and sign, soul, that which is unseen yet known. There are hungers in all of us today, which the stuff of our world cannot and never will satisfy. But there is more to meet that inner hunger at this table than the world dreams of, For Christ is present to the deepest reality of our own personal being. And if all this is hitting too close to home, well, it is a dangerous prayer. If we try to integrate what we pray each week with how we live each day.